2: listening to CLNS Media, powered by betonline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com roll. Use our promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your first deposit.
1: Hello there. Welcome back to another episode of the Winning Plays Podcast. With Brian Robb and Michael Pina, I'm Rich Levine. And guys, we're recording this on Monday, July 1st. That's the first full day of NBA Free Agency. And uh, I mean, news is breaking as we're recording. So we're trying to try and be as up-to-date as possible. We're going to talk about Al Horford leaving for Philly. We're going to talk about Kemba Walker a little bit. We're going to talk about everything that's gone down. And I I guess it hasn't even been 24 hours, but it's been crazy. But first, we're going to ask you to uh, subscribe to wherever you listen to this podcast. It's a big help for our numbers. Give us a follow on our Twitter account. That's at winningplayspod. Shout out to CLNS Media for hosting this show as always. And shout out to betonline.ag, who are the best sponsor we have ever had. Uh, guys, Brian Rob, our uh, resident Celtics beat writer, you were in Brighton today, right? I think I, I guess it's labeled the, the first summer league practice of the year, but Kemba Walker was in the house. Uh, break it down for us. What, what was it like there?
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, all the the brass was obviously in attendance to watch uh, summer league practice, and clearly had uh, other. Bigger things on the uh, the dock for them as well. Uh, Did anyone dare dare
1: mention Al Horford's name or? Uh...
2: Yeah, so we talked got to talk to Robert Williams a little bit, and obviously one of the first things he was asked about is Al Horford's departure uh, for the Sixers. Um, he had not talked to Al since the season had ended, so um, I'm not sure that says anything. <laughs> have but, they ever uh, met each other? <laughs> yeah, I think you know. I think they they might have crossed paths once or twice in the okay. court. Just double checking. But did you, um,
1: did you see you guys see the report just came out in the Herald, like, I think a few minutes before we, we started recording that people are suggesting that the whole Horford thing was staged a little bit, that he, he's, he knew he was going to Philly for about a week or so. And kind of the delay was maybe something to just make life a little bit harder on the Celtics. You hear that, Mike? I did not hear that. Yeah, there was a, a Mark Murphy piece, I believe, in the Herald with uh, sources uh, saying that they think maybe, you know. Maybe I, maybe I was trying to send a message, or right? yeah, I don't know.
2: I, mean, I don't know how. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you can like how that actually would make life harder in the Celtics unless they had done a three-team trade so they could keep him, and then he walked anyway. Um, but, but unless yeah, they like, really
1: thought that they were maybe going to keep him at the end, because I mean, it, it certainly seemed like they were doing everything under the uh, the umbrella of yeah, this is going to maybe help us keep Al. I mean, and that's how it played out in real time on Twitter. So who knows what the truth is. Right. But certainly the vibe was that maybe at the last second, they're going to, they're going to sneak back and get out.
0: I was hearing that he was a hundred percent gone almost all of the last couple days. And it's like, you know, I think that that might just be, yeah, you're right, Rich, like wishful thinking based on people tweeting and trying to read tea leaves and everything. Mm -hmm. And then they do the sign and trade with the Hornets, uh, with Terry Rogier, and you're thinking, okay, maybe they're going to be able to stay above the cap if this is a three trade, and obviously, yeah, it's a
2: it's a wonderful opportunity, yeah, like yeah,
0: to explore. It. Um, and I guess it didn't go down that way. Uh, what were, were you guys, what you know, heading into before we got the official news that that Al picked the Sixers? Were there any other mystery? You know, there was like a mystery team for a while there, like. Did the Sixers? I know we talked a little bit about the Sixers in our last episode as a possibility. I personally didn't put too much validity in it, but um, what, like, how what, what was the, the shock level for you guys on like a scale of one to ten? Zero being I knew that was going to happen, and ten being I fell off the chair.
2: Uh, I would put mine at uh, like a four. Okay. Um, oh, wow. Just in the sense, like, out of the teams that were remaining. At like I guess as it went on, once like the Dowses and the New Orleans of the world and the Sacramentos of the world kind of fell off the page, like the Lakers or the Clippers, it didn't seem like where you know there wasn't any kind of connection to Al. And Al Horford has been vocal, at least with me, anyway. Um, not as much last year, but he likes playing the four, and this is as clear-cut of an opportunity as you can get to do that. In Philadelphia, so he's getting paid he's getting to pay he's going to be able to play the position he wants to play next to a true center and get save some wear tear on his body and then clearly you know the Celtics weren't going to offer him the you know as good of a chance to win, and maybe he felt a little bit disrespected during negotiations we'll see if that's you know for him to make the decision so quickly when things broke down there that hey I'm out so um, and, I, and, I'll,
1: and I'll say this: If the Sixers are paying that money for like a Kevin Love version of, of Al Horford, I'm not sure that's worth it. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of happy the Celtics didn't didn't match that money as it is. But if he's gonna now, and <laughs> I know, maybe that's why he picked them, right? But but if he's gonna gonna turn into like just an outside guy who is trying to kind of conserve himself for most of the time, and then what? Come the playoffs, he's gonna sort of morph back into the old Al Horford with with Joel Embiid being who he is uh so I don't know I think I, I think that's another conversation like how much how much better the Philly will actually be I mean we could assume they'll be a little bit better but uh between l- losing Jimmy Butler and now this sort of interesting mix of all of a sudden you're going to start Embiid and Al Horford I mean uh it's worth seeing seeing it for a little bit before you get too worried about Philly I think I mean obviously it's, it's terrifying rich on paper. rich what was what was the zero to ten for you I was I was probably like a an eight. I mean, not the fact that he left, but the fact that he went to Dilly. to Philly. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know why. I guess I just maybe blocked that out. And B Rob, it made a lot of sense what you're saying, but I don't know. I kind of I kind of envisioned him if he was gonna leave, maybe going to first of all maybe Houston, but uh, like Sacramento. Because <laughs> I guess if he was gonna stay and and help younger players, why not stay in Boston and still have a better chance to win? So I guess it was gonna to have to be a contender at the end, but we also didn't know what the money was gonna be. There, were, there were a lot of, you know, it wasn't just like a mystery team. There was like a lot of mysteries involved with Al, but yeah, I was I was pretty shocked, especially the way things have been trending. Again, this is just on Twitter, and who knows what's happening in real life. But like the way it built, and then for all of a sudden it had to be like, no, he's actually going to your you're among your one or two top rivals. That was uh, that was a shock for me.
0: Yeah, it was kind of uh, pretty devastating for the Celtics. I mean, I'm I'm. I wrote a thing today about uh, about Al's fit with the Sixers and how he can kind of alleviate the loss of Reddick, who I think is their biggest loss, even bigger than Jimmy. And you know that team really needs some shooting now, and at least they'll have a little bit more in the front court. And Al's playmaking ability will be really useful. And just he's someone who doesn't need to shoot a ton, doesn't need to touch the ball to impact the game. So. In that respect, I think he'll be really valuable. And he's a gamer. He's only missed one postseason since he entered the league. But he's 33 years old. He's played, or he's 50 minutes away from crossing 30,000 in his career. They paid a lot of money. And I know it's not all guaranteed, but 97 million of it is. And that's a ton. Um, I'm not sure that the Celtics, like, do you think if the Celtics, let's say they they were able to stay above the cap and offered a very similar contract, do you think uh, that's smart for the Celtics to come to that sort of agreement with Al?
2: I, I mean, straight up, I don't think it's terrible. When you factor in the, the draft compensation that you'd have to give up to the Nets to make it work, um, obviously for them to facilitate a sign and trade, that's when, you know, might have gotten a little too. Let's just much say it was, let's say it
0: was Boston's it's, first in this upcoming
2: draft. Yeah. Just a first round pick. Yeah. So I could see the, the, the front office's stomach for that being like, mm, like this might be an overpay as is. And we have to give a pick on top of it. Like, I don't know, but at the same time, Mike, like, I mean, you've been f- banging the drum for, you know, it's wide open this year, you know, in the NBA, I can like, Rolling the dice and getting Horford, if you got Horford to come back, yes, it would be an overpay, but like. You could win the title. You would be right. You would be exactly. You would be right there in the East this year. And without him now, there is really no direct path for you to get to a contending level in the East uh, in the next three or four years, minus Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Gordon Hayward, you know, two of those three guys getting back to All Star level or getting to All Star level, period. So, Rich, I mean, I. In the, in the long run it's probably the right play to walk away from but given the lack of like team building alternatives right now i the the devil's advocate stance can easily say yeah they should have like just matched it or really try to bring him back
1: yeah and i guess we don't know exactly what happened but first of all what you said about two of the two or three of those guys needing to return to form or to reach their sort of peak form I, that seems very reasonable to me that either that two of Jalen, jason and, and gordon hayward can could come out even even this year sort of being what, what, what they need to be um and then and i guess I, I don't know if we want to move to Cantor already but i think he does enough to sort of make up Andrew. some make yeah yeah i mean like, like you said if 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 it if hadn't gotten him if, and you're rolling the dice on uh you know some of those bargain basement guys that we had talked about in previous podcasts like maybe that worries me a little bit but the idea that that they're that far away from from maybe contending I don't know because like, we we still don't know what we don't we still don't know what's going to happen with Kawhi. Obviously, we're still waiting for that. Maybe it's going to come out while we're while we're recording here. But we seem pretty sure he's going to end up somewhere in LA. At least I I feel that. So let's let's take the Raptors out of the equation, and you have Philly, you have Milwaukee, and now you have the Celtics. Like if the problem really was Kyrie, right? And sort of like the the domino effect of what he did to other players and the mentality on the team or what terry Rozier was was bringing to the, to the locker room that was the problem And kemba can presumably be the anti-kyrie in some of those ways and allow these other guys to spread their wings a little bit i don't know it, it just doesn't seem that far-fetched to think that they could be right up there at the top again at least in the conversation i don't
0: know what it's really interesting i hope the story comes out sooner than later about why he or he speaks publicly about why he chose Philadelphia and what, how much money was a difference, how much, you know, his doubt in Boston's ability to compete with Embiid and Simmons next year. I mean, it seems to me like it's it's very realistic to assume that, you know, Al looked at Embiid and beat in the part and the ability to partner with someone that talented, who the Celtics do not have on their roster, and was like, if I go to this team, if I team up with these guys like that greatly, and like I'm gonna be, what is he like the fourth offensive option and the third best defensive player on his own team for the first time in his life? Like he's gonna have a great time. Not to mention he's getting a lot of money for his
2: service. Right, like for him personally, the in terms of how he wants to play and just in terms of like you said uh, being able to take a you know take the pressure off him on the defensive end this is a an ideal situation but it will be interesting because it is not that it's a direct indictment on the Celtics young guys but like you know 2 years ago this is the Celtics young guys beat the the Sixers young guys that he's joining and yes like Josh Richardson's coming in there and and Simmons and Embiid are a year better or two years better um, and, and Tobias is pretty legit. And Tobias is legit, exactly. But those, you know, they both left, were eliminated in the second round of the playoffs last year. I also, so,
0: I, I do wonder, like, how much in in Al's mind, he's like, I had to give a Herculean effort for us to get out of that series. And I'm right. getting older, but Embiid is also getting older, and he's getting better. I'm not getting better. Like, I, I think that that might have been a factor as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, it seems like, Again, I'm guessing that Horford committed to Philly a long time ago, pre- a long time ago. before <laughs> the Celtics got Kemba. So you wonder, you know, if if what would have changed if Horford, you know, knew that the Celtics were getting Kemba at that point. Um, but the the his stance probably may still have been the same thing. So. I don't know, it's still just a, again, when you're losing like, you know, last summer, the Celtics had a chance to get Kawhi and he goes to your rival. And obviously they might lose, like that's a whole different equation. But again, when you're dealing with your direct rivals in the East and you could have blocked it and you didn't, then again, this is something that's going to be under the microscope for a long time.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I'll say one more thing about Philly is that obviously they they have those two guys. They have Simmons and Embiid who seem to show a lot of, I mean, certainly defensively for Simmons and Embiid had some really dominant games. But there was only one guy in last year's playoffs that they could count on every single night to carry them, especially in the fourth quarter. And that was Jimmy Butler. And, yeah. and I don't think that Al Horford is going to fill that role. So, I mean, you can assume that maybe is going to have his wits about him a little bit more this time around in the playoffs and can maybe be leaned on. Maybe he won't have a cold this year. But like uh, that's definitely something like a, a question mark that they'll have to answer with losing Jimmy Butler. Yeah, they need more shooting. Um,
0: I like the Josh Richardson pickup. That was a really good save. Like the losing Jimmy for nothing would have been a, a disaster, but getting Josh Richardson, who's kind of a like a combination of JJ Reddick and Jimmy Butler, like if they were one human being, they would be. That would like be the skill set that Richardson is. So that was really good, and he's on a f- terrific contract. Actually. Yeah,
2: like I would, Mike. Would you rather just take Richardson for a third of the money? Like I think that's like I would just do that straight up. I, <laughs> like anyway, I know he's good, it's, man. <laughs> like, why did Miami do that? Like, is Miami think? that like Butler's going to bring more stars to Miami cuz that's the only way that deal makes sense. Yeah, Miami is really
0: really interesting. I mean, there's all these rumors about about Pat Riley and
1: um what are the rumors about Pat Riley?
0: Uh <laughs> basically he's really old and that's not a rumor, that's a fact, but
1: Oh, um, <laughs> well, he might be loo- losing it a no, bit, no, no, perhaps. no,
0: no, 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 just it's like Their strategy in the short and long term is dictated by someone who refuses to take any steps backward, who has basically an open checkbook to do whatever he wants financially, as we've seen over the past few years. And just this guy who's trying to stay afloat um, and flexibility be damned. It's basically he's not going to be
1: here forever. So make him happy um give, give him this though he keeps on landing guys like jimmy butler you know what i mean no like, it, like somehow somehow it's it, it like or they say that, they, that he's was at least at, at the top of his game one of the best salesmen in the in basketball no he, not the he, best.
0: They, he obviously knows what he's doing andy ellisberg the gm there knows what they're doing they got jimmy They're they moved hassan whiteside which is like i can't <laughs> believe they did that um and they have uh, the possibility of opening up max cap space uh next summer uh, and there's not a lot of players out there next summer which is a problem but they have the flexibility all of a sudden to go along with jimmy so that's that's uh that's something to to look forward to i guess if you're a miami heat fan and jimmy obviously has has uh more cachet around the league than josh richardson but but uh yeah it's real. it's just a really interesting Thing I mean I personally think just going back to Philly really quickly I think that they are the favorite at this point. Um, Obviously we don't know how the rest of their roster is going to look, and I said earlier they need more three point shooting. Um, but I think Kawhi's going to LA, and the Bucks are. You know they lost Brogdon. I think that that was really significant. We can talk about that for a little while, Um, but I just I just think Philly is really good I mean I you guys know how high I am on now Horford I think that seeing him next to
2: Embiid will be really fascinating they're gonna have trouble with smaller teams though like you can't like care like you said the, the, the supersized front line obviously they're gonna be defensive monsters with their length but against you know if you go three guards against them then it's gonna be are you getting uh, a rebound
0: though like are you hitting every shot that's what you're right? betting well, on
2: I mean, you are, but that's at least that's a way that you can attack that. Um, if you have enough talent now, who has enough talent these to do that is a is a more Eric question. Bledsoe, like George Hill. These are the guards who. I mean, Giannis can't shoot like I don't... Gordon
1: Hayward, Kevin <laughs> Walker. <laughs> sure, and... <laughs> yeah, no, I,
0: I feel you, but
1: yeah, Marcus Smart. guys, real quick, I'm going to tell you about our sponsor. Uh, our our favorite sponsor that's betonline.ag that's the best spot to place your bets on pretty much anything that, that you might like to bet on they have sports betting they have live betting they have a virtual casino uh, today's prop bet guys that, that kind of jumped out to me is really one of the few ones that are up there with the league in such limbo but uh, odds to win the 2020 NBA championship any guesses on where the Celtics are? Um, 20 to
2: 1 Michael? 14 to 1 14 you're
1: I feel like you must be cheating at these games. I'm not really good lately. Okay, Celtics are fourteen to one. Wow, that's only that, 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 that's only, uh, only behind the Lakers, Bucks, Raptors, Rockets, Seventy Sixers, Warriors, and Clippers. Lakers are the favorites right now. Pretty much two and a half to one. But uh, if you if you like that, if you like if if you think that Kemba might do something special this year, you can go to BetOnline.ag, the CLNS Media's preferred sportsbook online. If you want to join the fun and support our podcast uh, and would also like an extra 50% added to your sports betting bank rule on your first ever deposit, go to clnsmedia.com backslash winning plays, use the promo code CLNS50, and you'll get that 50% bonus. You have to put down $25 minimum to get that. And please read uh, the rules and regulations online before you do it. Uh, BetOnline.ag, that's your online sportsbook experts. And I don't know, beer up. Two two and a half to one for the Lakers. I mean, I think that's probably assuming that Kawhi is going to be there. Um, but I don't know. What, so you, right now, you think that the Celtics? What would you put their percentage of maybe coming out of the East? I mean, you think you think they're that far behind Milwaukee? The East, M- Milwaukee. And I mean, obviously anything can happen. But when you look at the hierarchy and hierarchy in the East right now, like how much space is between the Bucks and the Sixers and the Celtics?
2: I mean, it's not a ton, but you also I'm very concerned about the Celtics defense in the interior with i mean i like Cantor, and i like the fact that he he follow, he checks two or three boxes for you He obviously can rebound one of the best rebounders in the league period he is a nice pick and roll threat with kemba um and hits a decent mid-range jump shot it'll be curious to see if they try to let him loose taking threes um at some point this year well, i was just gonna look that but,
1: up what, what what are his numbers from three
2: i mean he's Pretty much not like 30%, and he's taken like none. He spent all last summer working on his three point shot. I know that for a fact. So I bet they'll let him loose. I mean, that's maybe part of the draw here. But the defense is very bad. And it, I was actually not, he was, it wasn't as bad as it's suspected during the playoffs against, again, he was okay against Jokic. Um, he obviously filled in for Nurkic pretty well, and then the the Warriors, as expected, played him off the floor. But this is obviously a huge area of weakness for the Celtics with Porford and Bane's gone. And now you, I mean, Cantor's just one piece. I assume there's going to be another big coming that's more defensive-minded, but until we find out who that is, that is a, a pretty big cause for concern.
1: Pino, as, as our resident Enos Cantor expert, uh, what would you say? I don't know you want to. you don't want to criticize him, but when people talk about his defensive shortcomings, right? Because the guy, he's obviously athletic for a big man. He obviously, I mean, he seems like he has the intensity to do it. Like, where, where does it come from? Is it like sort of a, does he get confused? Mental. It's just mental? Yeah. It's, I mean, it it
0: it, it it's putting him in the right scheme. It's uh, sometimes like he's just not effective at, identifying what the offense is trying to do, um, gets tricked on weak side actions that are dummy actions that are designed to confuse defenders. Um, so that's not great. Um, I mean, he watches a ton of film. He's in terrific shape all the time, plays through pain. Um, it's just, I, I, don't know how much better it is. It's it's going to get. I think you can simplify your scheme and you can have him like the the Portland Trailblazers had a very have a very simple defense in general, where they don't gamble at all really, um, and play safe at home and you know drop with their bigs. And so he was pretty effective, I thought, there against against certain matchups, but you can't really do that against everybody, particularly in the playoffs. So that's kind of where he's run into trouble. Um, but I don't know. I mean, he's, I I think he's, his reputation is that he's absolute trash and I don't
1: think he's absolute <laughs> trash, uh, right. but I he's not, he's not Rudy Gobert and he'll never, he'll never be Rudy Gobert. <laughs> and B-Rob, what do you think about this? That someone sort of had mentioned to me earlier today. So you, you lose out on Al, you know, you lose out on DeAndre Jordan, obviously. So you're probably not going to find that big guy that's really going to move the needle against Embiid or even Giannis, right? So if you're not going to get that defensive stopper no. in that position, you might as, why not go all in on an offense and sort of neutralize some of that lacking on D?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, this was the best available option for the room level Like, I guess the reports have come out that Celtics had didn't even talk to Looney's agent. Who I thought would be maybe someone they would, you know, that's probably a more defensive minded piece, but there's no question that Cantor's offensive upside is far higher than Looney. So, um, and then there's DeMarcus' cousin front has been very quiet. Uh, very so interesting. I don't, I don't know what's going so, on. <laughs> exactly. So, whether he is just waiting for whoever has loses out on Kawhi to make him a big one year deal or what, we'll find out. Clippers. Right? But that's, yeah, like Candor, this is someone, again, we were talking about this. I was trying to beat the drum for him a little bit in February last year um, as just, again, something to have in the toolbox for Brad Stevens. So with him, with Kemba in the pick and roll, someone who can hit the glass, you really need someone to, to rebound for you, especially against like the Monsters in the Eastern Conference. You just need someone down there to grab rebounds on either end of the floor. He'll be able to do that. And for, yeah, for four and a half million dollars, sure, like I'm I'm down. But obviously, it's just, you know, all these other teams have other, you know, pretty big problems, Rich. Yeah. You, I, anyway,
1: I'm going to say one thing and I'm, and I'm going to pivot us. Um, the fir- first thing is that regardless of everything we just said about Cantor, to see that contract come out and then see Frank Kaminsky sign for the same amount <laughs> short, shortly afterwards felt very good. Great
2: offseason for the Suns. No, I mean, yeah. it, it really
1: shows the difference between the two organizations in a nutshell. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, what are you doing? And and the second one that I think we need to talk about is, I mean, and I know I understand the headlines and I understand the fanfare of getting KD and Kyrie, but I don't know. The, the Nets, uh, we haven't mentioned the Nets yet, okay? So where where do you guys, what do you feel like? Because I, I think it's obviously better than they were last year, at least on paper, but that doesn't seem like the makings of a championship team to me with that core. So it's just there's so many things there's KD there's, Ky- you know, right. I don't know. And DeAndre Jordan, all of a sudden, like that's a, a, on the marquee. So it, it, it doesn't quite make sense.
0: Before we jump into a Nets discussion, uh, you know, we're recording this news is breaking. So uh, NBC sports is, Tom Haberstroh just reported, or at least I just saw, that the 76ers actually offered Jimmy Butler a five-year max and he turned it down. So how does that fit in with the timing with Horford? If Horford knew that if that was his team this whole time and that report is accurate, like I'm just at a loss for when all of this... Was going
2: on. I mean, I mean, this must have all happened, been settled like weeks ago. I mean, Jesus, <laughs> like, but if it you was settled weeks
0: ago, then how did they screw up the sign and trade?
2: Well, I, I don't think they did. It's it's Miami who did. So like, but if the, Miami the knows Phillies- that
0: they're getting Jimmy, because the Sixers know they're getting Horford, right, and they know that they're not going to be able to resign Jimmy. So the heat not know that they were getting Jimmy or Pat,
2: Riley, Pat Riley's old, Mike, Pat Riley is old.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right. I just wanted to bring that up
2: cause I thought it was really fascinating. It is fascinating. That is a, that is a, like a very intriguing nugget. Uh, and, and I think joke. after,
1: after a week in Vegas where all, where all these, these front offices and, and GMs are around each other and the media is right there. I think everything will eventually come out probably in the next week or so. What really happened? Hopefully. Okay. So nets. Yeah. Um,
0: I kind of agree with you, Rich. I think that there's a couple factors here. There's two bets that the Nets are making if they don't want to just win a press conference. The first is obviously on Kevin Durant and him returning to a top five player in the world status um, coming off an Achilles injury two seasons from now. Uh, I don't, I mean, who knows what the deal is there. Um, their sports science staff is slotted throughout the league. A lot of smart people work for the Nets. Um, and I think that that was one of the reasons why he was so gung-ho about going there. And maybe that injury kind of helped influence or nudge him over the finish line and going to Brooklyn over going t- to New York or L.A. Not that those their their health departments are bad, but Brooklyn's is... Has a really nice reputation. Um, the second bet is on Karis Levert, in my opinion. And this dude needs to make a jump to def- like definite all-star. He was probably going to be an all-star last season before he suffered that really gruesome injury in Minnesota. And then D'Angelo Russell kind of... that That allowed him to fill the void and kind of take off like a meteor, but... If Karis LeVert looks like an all-star this year, next to Kyrie, I think that the Nets then you're talking about something really interesting um, because he's a restricted free agent. You can extend him, keep him, keep Kyrie, uh, keep KD, and that threesome is really, really, really good. (laughs) I mean, assuming that KD returns to form, like that, that is, in my opinion, good enough to go to the
2: finals in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and then you look at that, I mean, not just them getting these guys together for the star power, but the fact that they're also been able to net plenty of assets through sign-in trades now. Like, they're getting a first from Golden State for giving them D'Angelo. So, like, they're they're kind of reloading the asset trains, and they could uh, pretty easily, I think, trade for a third star with some of their role pieces and all these picks um as well. Especially if LeVert pans out and looks like he's gonna be an all star. Maybe they wanna keep him, but maybe they, you know, swing it into the next star that they want to pick up. So it is just um I mean, just a picture perfect rebuild effort over the last three years in terms of, you know, nailing the fringe guys to to be role supporting pieces and nailing the draft fl- picks too. Nailing the draft picks, Levert, Jared Allen obviously, um you know, you picking up Joe Harris for nothing and guys that are wanted people want to play with, which, again, the Celtics, eh, not to second guess them too much here. But it's like, I mean, no one knew how this year was going to look out, but it, the, it seems like it's an easier, you know, Durant and Kyrie, were. I'm sure we're looking at the Celtics last year as one place to team up. You, but you, t- the fit, you tweeted the that. Fits, Right?
1: Yeah, you tweeted that. And I, I, I agree. I think if the Celtics had made the finals or it had been a, a more promising right, uh, playoff run, that KD
2: would be here. would right. be in Boston. So that is, again, I guess an indictment on everything that happened in Boston last year. There's not one finger to point there, but it's but, just but the guy, right? I mean, there, I mean, it's. And, and, the that, guy, and, and the
1: guy who you would probably. And again, it's not. And I know there was the article, but I think at the core of that, the biggest misunderstanding was Kyrie. Kyrie and sort of everyone else, not that right. there weren't there weren't different factions, but so I, so that's I why you know when you said just in, in your last statement about how they're gathering the guys that people want to play with, sure, like Kevin Durant wants to play with Kyrie, but it's the, it's about the the ten guys that are under Kyrie on the uh, on the uh, hierarchy that might have the issue, and that's where and that's where it gets tough, and that's where you you wonder what LeVert, what Lavert's going to be, and how he will fill in. It's a, it's a great you know it's a, it's a great chance for Kyrie. Right, especially coming in this year where Durant's not going to be there. Um, he's going to have an opportunity to start to start the mold these guys, and he's going to have some help from DeAndre Jordan, of course, as a veteran. But uh, I just, I'm just not super confident
2: in him being able to do that. No, I mean, no one should be after this past year. What
0: if they what, what do you what do you what do you think is like the worst case scenario for the Nets this season? Like, bar, I'm not talking about like Kyrie's like falling off, but like. If they don't win a playoff series, all of us, I mean, even though KD is not healthy in there, like expectations come when you make two free agent signings like this. And when you already were in the playoffs last year, and if you upgrade from D'Angelo Russell to Kyrie Irving, and oh, by the way, you also have Torian Prince and, uh, not Alan Crabb. So, I mean, the roster is better like but i could also see a scenario where they just they don't win a playoff series where they get a bad sure. draw like i could see them losing to the celtics in a playoff series that that's that could easily happen
1: certainly and then you look around even teams like like the pacers i mean i thought between like brogdon and jeremy Lamb, i mean that it, it depends who starts but if oladipo is is back and you get you know another year stronger and wiser of sabonis and turner i mean there there are some some teams that are right there especially for year 1 With the Nets. I wouldn't be shocked at all if they don't get out of the first round.
0: No, and, like, you... you, Like, the Nets are basically trying to be the Spurs. There's so many different similarities with the organizations and from, like, culturally to just how they treat players and how they treat the media. Um, No shots fired. But I... Like, I, I don't think that you can maintain that sort of culture with a guy like Kyrie and a guy like Kevin Durant and I think that there will be a shock to the system for a lot of the people who have been there the past couple years and kind of built this thing up be it a be it you know the coaches the people in the front office the players on the team like I kind of feel bad for Spencer Dinwiddie who's who supposedly was at the quote-unquote recruitment like pitch meeting for Kyrie like of He already had a video out that he filmed on Brooklyn Bridge. Like, okay, we already know he was signing there. I don't know why you're going to the meeting, but like, it's just, it's just gonna. I don't really know if they know what they're getting into.
1: I guess is is what I'm saying. And if they don't, that's on them because they just saw it happen, (laughs) like you know, 400 miles uh, away in Boston. You know, I mean, what you what you were describing, Mike, seems like the Celtics leading up into to this past year.
2: Well, the. The thing is, though, like what they're still the Brooklyn Nets. So what was the alternative for them? Like they don't have like they're going to roll over their cap room. Oh, no, I don't blame them at all. This is you got to do this. This is Right. So it's like they still have. Again, you have, you know, it's they have commitments for four years here or three years, at least I assume a player option. So you don't have to walk on eggshells like the Celtics had you for two years. And, you know, maybe you have. You know, Kyrie has worked in – it's a perfect situation for him because he's got excuses worked in with Durant being gone for the first year and then things will get interesting and then if things fall apart again, then he can go out the back door in the third <laughs> year. So, like, it it's it's set up again. But, you know, I mean, all your guys' concerns are 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 very valid and um, we'll just see, you know, the, the Nets just have more to work with in terms of contracts and everything else that they can – tweak the roster even more because they didn't have to really take anything apart to add these guys
0: how long do you think this run even lasts like how 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 meaningful is this like from an encore perspective like i i just don't know what their window is like obviously all the both those guys could return to form and then resign like for additional contracts but like they're getting up there especially kd is getting up there in age I, i mean the deandre jordan thing is really curious that's a that's a that wasn't nothing i thought that was going to be for the veterans minimum um so what, what did
1: he end up
2: getting 440
0: yeah the full mid-level well actually mm-hmm. i think didn't they no it's under the cap yeah. so
2: they just they made room for him by taking like many discounts yeah Um how nice of them i mean right
0: that's i, I can't even imagine what jared allen is thinking like how long is it going <laughs> to take for Kyrie and KD to both like Look at a practice and be like, "Oh, I guess Jared Allen is better." That
1: that money probably shouldn't have given up that money to get DeAndre Jordan when they already had a center here. Um, that sounds like you know that sounds like Jalen and, and Jason to to an extent. You know, all of a sudden Allen's going to be coming off the bench, right? And now he's not going to be finding his rhythm, and one and everyone's be wondering what's up with Allen. He was supposed to be Jared Allen from last year if we were going to be as good as we're supposed to be. But it's hard when all of a sudden you have DeAndre Jordan in your starting position and sort of just being there you know what i mean it's everything's different and and what's the deal they're not gonna jared dudley's probably not gonna be back right i know he's a free agent or he's going to the wizards wizards so i'm sorry the pistons 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 Pistons, Pistons, Pistons. so that was seemed to be their glue guy in many ways as a veteran last year ed Ed davis is still out there right probably not going back to the nets no he's He's going to utah utah so i mean everything is different now it's uh but 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 there's a lot of talent and they, and B Rob I agree they have put themselves in a the position that, sort of like the Celtics to have maybe multiple windows going at once where you almost can't even pinpoint it at this point they have enough flexibility and they have some some real star power but I just I, I thought there were a lot of overreactions yesterday I guess is the bottom line
2: yeah I mean we're not going to know until we see Durant back on the court what how big this what things are going to look like I mean with them they're not they're not a legitimate contender this year I think we can agree on that as composed without Durant and then. We find out how he looks with the Achilles, and then we can f- figure out how screwed the Celtics are. <laughs> um, I am curious, though.
0: Until Brad Beal signs an extension or gets traded, I'm going to think that he's going to get traded. And I think the Nets have like a really, really good package to offer now.
2: Right? Like they definitely they do. could
0: blow Washington's doors off the hinges with a uh, Lavert Dinwiddie Allen like. All of a sudden, and then they they still have some picks. Like I don't know. Like uh, I would be trying to upgrade from a talent perspective and foregoing depth. Well, maybe not right away, but that's something that I would definitely have in my back pocket if I was the Nets.
2: And so- I guess that's a, that's a concern if you're the Celtics now. Like you're you're no longer at the top of like the asset train in terms of like getting the next star. I don't think.
1: No. So, Be Rob. There's no way for them to get for the Celtics to get in on a Beal negotiate. Ne- oh, you're, you're in the but, conversation, but you no. Can but like, be you have and- to get rid of Marcus Smart, though. Obviously, right?
2: Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, you're getting rid of Smart, and you're getting rid of Jalen, mm. and the Memphis pick, and that might not even be enough. Yeah. And you might not want to even do that if you're gaining age anyway. So it it is a, it's a it's a blow from just like where your standing is and and what your path is forward in the East now, if you're the Celtics, I feel like, because, again, the the, the window was there this year. Again, everything goes right. It's not like this is going to be a a lost season. Like, they they could make a a deep run here with the right moves on the periphery and maybe an in-season upgrade. But there is no direct path going forward now in terms of, like, you know, looking more appealing to play to other guys when you do have cap room. And you know, being able to trade for the next next star when he comes available.
0: Yeah, I think you're... I mean, the path is Tatum making yeah, a seismic is, jump. That's, like, right. the path. And that's not something that you can really depend upon. So it's not ideal. Um, B-Rob, I think you just said this, and I think it's a really uh, quick thing that we can touch on, assuming we're done talking about the Nets. Um, that next player who's available... Um, I think that I expected D'Angelo Russell to go to the Timberwolves. That's kind of what made a lot of sense from a lot of different, from a lot of different perspectives. And he did not go to the Timberwolves. Um, I think Carl Anthony Towns is someone that the Celtics should, and a lot of other teams probably are already, or should already be planning about and looking at and, figuring out a way to attain because i think he's the next monster player who even though he's he basically just signed an extension i could see him getting very frustrated sooner than later and if you can get him still on that extension with multiple years that's i mean that's 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 the type of player that you win championships with, even though he, he has not taken steps forward on the defensive end. Like, what do you guys think about Carl Anthony Towns as kind of like the next, you know, Anthony Davis type of
1: target for the Celtics? That sounds perfect for me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll, t- I'll, I, I'll I mean, take him. <laughs> right? But the problem is you have a new GM in Minnesota. It's going to take some time. It towns is it the face of the franchise. Like, that, I think, honestly, best case scenario in – is him obviously getting upset this year, moping around for a season or two, and then like starting to, you know, really try to force his way out in you know twenty twenty one or something like that. Like that's the earliest I could see it realistically happening because he has entered no his
0: fifth year. Like he's no, like he's he's not old. He's I think he's twenty four years old. Or no, he's still twenty three. Oh my god, twenty three. What a Beast. How, many ga- yeah, how, I mean, many, how many
1: games? How many games do you think he's missed in his first four years? Five. Five. All, all, all this year. Yep. Um, yeah, it's
2: going to be. I mean, and they're not making the playoffs in the West. The Wolves, like. Yeah, I ish. think I think
1: it could be out th- this this trade deadline. It seems like. I mean, because the other thing with the, with a the new GM is like, you know, maybe he wants to start with you know, get get but, his own batch of uh, of goodies. I don't. And, I don't and think the way he'll he wants have. To. Yeah,
0: I don't think he'll have uh, permission from ownership, to be honest, to move him right. <laughs> that soon. Um, I mean, Carl, I Towns is your whole franchise. You maxed out Andrew Wiggins for no reason, and it was a disaster. And now, you know, I, I I kind of expected that contract to be moved yesterday based on all the craziness that was going on. But I guess it couldn't be moved. No
2: one's No one's dumb enough to take it. Like, let's be honest here.
0: So, uh, D'Angelo Russell for Andrew Wiggins in a pick. Who says no? Warriors or Timberwolves?
2: Um, Warriors, I think. The Warriors, definitely. I mean, Wiggins, this, this is a, a four-year albatross. Like, this is like if Jeff Green signed a max deal in 2011. So, this is – but everyone knows it already because he's been around the league for five years, and they've seen guys like – Green consistently underwhelmed, so no one's gonna. I mean, the only way I, I assume, whenever Towns does get traded, like the the parameters, the deal being like you have to take Wiggins and still give us like five more picks.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Good luck. Good and luck to someone. The, to someone's the gonna take
2: that. Yeah, like, but that's gonna be when you have Towns with signed through twenty twenty four. Like that is gonna be the only way they can. You can get him out of there. Yeah,
0: but if he already if he's already saying, "Hey, I'm not. This is my last contract in Minnesota. I hate it here." Like, the sooner you trade him, the better.
2: Yeah, but hopefully, I mean, we'll see. I think you know the Celtics.
0: Do the Celtics even have the best package? That's another. No, question. that's the thing.
2: You can't. I mean, I don't think they will by the time it becomes available. So that means I don't think you can wait on talent if you're the Celtics. You, you have to. I mean, I don't know what you do. This is. It also
1: goes back to Tatum, though. If you want to put Tatum, because I understand not putting Tatum ta- on, on, if... on the mark, on the, you know, make, making him available if you don't if you don't have more than one year commitment from AD. But you know, he's in twenty twenty four. Towns will be somewhere around twenty seven years old and be making thirty five million dollars. Whereas like, I think Dame Willard is going to be making sixty that year. <laughs> By then. you know, like to get him on one of those contracts. I mean, that is, I think that's when you empty out the cupboard.
2: Oh, I mean, it is. It's just like, at that point, though, Tatum is going to be on, you know, making $27 million himself. So that's not going to be an amazing contract anymore.
1: Right.
0: You need Romeo Langford to be the next, right. uh, I don't even, James Worthy. I don't even know. <laughs> he all exactly. You need
2: this next, the young guys really, like one of those young guys has to, you know, pop. Mm-hmm. And then you might get back in the conversation. In addition
0: to Grant Williams, who is already in the Hall of Fame. But
2: right. I digress. Um, yeah, so it is it is tough. It's for from both the short term lens and the long term lens. Again, the, the team is going to be a lot more fun to watch. There is no doubt about that. And there is potential upside in the East if things don't mesh well in Philly and Milwaukee got a little bit worse since they lost Brogdon and Toronto is, might be down Kawhi. So. Things could get. I mean, again, think the Celtics could easily make the conference finals as everything goes right, and maybe get out of the East. B Rob, I have a question for you. Yeah. If
0: the Celtics are top three in the Eastern Conference at the trade deadline, how aggressive do you think they are?
2: They should be very aggressive. So I
1: think. What's, what's that's, aggressive? Who are you offering uh, in an aggressive manner?
2: I put. Future first round, non-Memphis picks on the table?
0: Non-Memphis picks?
2: I mean, if the Memphis pick can get you Beal, then I think about it. Because... I do that in
0: a heartbeat.
2: Yeah, like, I mean, you're going to have to... The problem is you are going to have to lose, like, you know, Smart or Jalen to make the money work there, probably. So it wouldn't obviously just be the Memphis pick. But that's kind of like... I don't know, I'm of the mind of... Um, You know, you want these... Again, having contracts to match money is is still a problem for this team right now in terms of guys you want to keep. There's no easily movable veteran contract still, unless, assuming Marcus Morris does not come back. So that is... Why hasn't he signed? I mean, he's probably waiting on the Lakers.
1: Mm. Yeah, didn't you hear all the clutch guys are taking the minimum to... Right <laughs> to go play with LeBron, then it all gets like uh, cameos in the new Space
2: Jam Sweet. for like twenty-five million dollars. You can't wait to see that baby. Mm-hmm. But would you guys want Morris back at this point if they somehow do work a three? You know, the three-team sign trade is back on the mm-hmm. table, not with, and they give up a first-round pick in order to, and then they can, can keep Morris. I assume obviously that's not worth doing. But I think you no, want him?
0: I, I think you, you. I would want him as much for the reason of if things were going
1: sideways, I could just move Marcus Morris as a positive asset. Right. Or you could, if you ended up moving Jalen or, or someone like that, you could have someone to slide in because to be honest, like I'm, I'm still a little bit worried heading to this, this year, how, how Tatum Jalen and Gordon Hayward as, you know, hopefully a closer to all-star form Gordon Hayward, how those three are going to coexist and, and if there'll be enough touches for them. And, that's, and we haven't even mentioned Kemba this podcast, which is kind of crazy and it's sort of, <laughs> sort of symbolic of, so of, of his existence as a superstar who kind of never gets the attention. But, um, you know, with all that going on, I don't know. It, not only does Marcus Morris play a similar role, a similar, similar position to those guys, but he's also, you know, the chucker who can uh, maybe inspire a little bit more of that play in, in other people as well. So maybe it's better to keep him out of it. But so, I don't. I don't mean to be really annoying, but and bring up a
0: completely different conversation. But I, I, I know we're going to talk about this a ton, and I know B Rob, you got to run. But who is the starting lineup for the Celtics this year? I
2: was just thinking about this, Mike. This is a good question to end on. Um, I think. Their, some... How
1: about their finishing? Uh, oh, I guess maybe that depends on, on matchups.
2: Go ahead. <laughs> um, Smart's coming off the bench. You think Smart's and... coming off the bench? Um, I mean, it's obviously going to be Smarter Jalen coming off the bench. I think Smart comes Zero, off the bench to run the second unit. 0% Hayward starts the season on the bench? No, he's not coming off the bench, I don't think.
1: I don't know. Maybe the mono rules is, is, is ready for him. I, I, I think he's probably the, the most solid bet to maybe carve out, and, and he can be sort of the ball handler on that second unit, like we like we talked about a bunch last year. I think it's more likely that's one of the first two you mentioned but I would I would leave the, the door open for Gordon as well. I
0: think that it is going to be if you had to ask me today I think it would be Jalen mm-hmm. and I don't know how I feel about that but or it could be Marcus Like I don't know but it, I guess it's, it's a different situation than it used to be than it was last year when we were discussing all this and I don't know a lot of a lot of stuff is really fluid, and I, 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 like, I have no idea what the starting lineup is, and that's that's kind of
1: fascinating. B rub. Now that Marcus won his got his first All Defense, could he come off the, the bench and and maintain the title?
2: I mean, probably if he's playing thirty five minutes a night, anyway. And having that um, first one under your belt's got to be big, right? He he broke. I mean, this would be the the perfect test case, <laughs> like six man coming off. The bench. But, I mean, there is a case for Jalen, obviously, in terms of a creator off the, you know, uh, having a more primary scorer off, you know, the second unit. But, yeah, this is for, for, even though a lot of guys have been eliminated here, it it still hasn't necessarily made easy decisions for Brad Stevens in terms of how he wants to attack this. And the closing five, Rich, like, I mean, it could, it could easily be Tatum at the five. Came like, at the five. No, really you could have Shemiozelay right, yeah. at the five to close out the games. I mean, who the who the heck knows? It's uh, it could be a player that has not been signed yet.
1: Yeah, big like an international guy. Maybe that they'll that right. they'll
2: bring over Grant Williams. I could easily That's see guy. him sure stepping up to the plate and being a closing five. Yeah, so, my favorite player. It's gonna be a lot of competition. It'll be uh, a very busy summer league. Romeo Langford is not going to play. Um, but this roster is pretty loaded. Otherwise, um, he's not playing in Vegas. No, he's still recovering from the thumb stuff. So, no Vegas for Langford. Well,
1: well, how about one, one name that's been uh, Avery Bradley? Any chance? Yeah, you...
2: I, I don't know where he comes, he comes back on cheap crickets. I mean, you got no money for him. he's going to take a veteran's minimum. I don't think so.
1: Maybe he will. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if people are necessarily lining up. This could be a name to watch. And I'll say this. Whoever they do decide to be the sixth man for, this, for the year at the beginning of the season, you sit him down with a PowerPoint or Instagram story, however you want to do it, and I think you, you build a sixth man of the year campaign for this person. Get them, get, Just get them to really buy in. That's what you need this year. You, everyone needs to know exactly what their role is going to be. And it's easier because you're going to have fewer bodies. You're going to have fewer um, you know, repetitive players, I think, even though there is a little bit of a wing jumble but um, yeah that's what I would do just got to make sure everyone knows exactly where they are and what they need to do
2: and then Brad Stevens will change the story line of 15 games in and <laughs> screw up the marketing plan <laughs> um, all right we're gonna stop there for now we'll uh, be back with you guys uh, later this week to with to see again what other things shake out with Kawhi in the east or moving west potentially Why is the Lakers? and we'll watch we'll talk about Kevin Walker a little bit um, more since, you know, he might be worthy of discussion. He's pretty good. And um, see what else, you know, who else the Celtics add here since they do have still a few roster spots open. So thanks for listening guys. Uh, If you are still listening, please subscribe to the the winning place podcast, rate, review us. Uh, We appreciate it. And we will catch you uh, later this week.